coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. You are not the exception, and I am not the exception. We could fail, but we don't have to fail because marriage is a very stable relationship that is suspended upon the absolute laws of God. Respect the fact that if you do it this way, it's going to work. You know, because God planned it that way. I mean, He knew what He was doing when He went to the trouble to put it in His Word. The very best thing that we can do for our family is to work on our marriage. So I want to talk about how to keep your marriage flying high. I'm going to give you a little flying lesson here, okay? And this is what they teach you when you're, when you're taking flying lessons. Number one, believe that you could crash. When you're taking pilot's lessons in the classroom part of it, they talk to you about feelings of invincibility. And they say, if you believe that you're bulletproof and 10 feet tall and you're not going to crash, you're the guy that's going to crash. Because pilots need to be sober-minded people. And they need to understand it could happen to me. Now, when Karen, Karen and I started our marriage ministry over 20 years ago, there was a couple, a wonderful couple, and they had a wonderful marriage ministry. And they went all over the world uh, ministering to marriages. And they, they registered the success of their ministry by how many divorces were canceled. Tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of divorces were canceled. Were, were canceled, and uh, they, uh, they were on our program. We interviewed them, and then they divorced. This powerful marriage ministry, and in the letter, uh, he ran off with some gal, and in the letter that he wrote uh, explaining the failure of their marriage, he said, we didn't, we, I didn't listen to my own teaching. Karen and I could crash. We're not invincible, and we understand that. And when you understand that you're not invincible, you work on your marriage. The second, the second way that you keep flying high in your marriage is learn the laws of aerodynamics and respect them. There are laws of aerodynamics. I don't fear flying. The more you learn about flying, flying's the safest. Listen, flying is the safest method of, of transportation, right? Okay. Marriage is the safest relationship on earth. Did you know that with all of its warts, marriage is the safest relationship on earth. And did you know that the way that God designed it, you have a 100% chance of success in marriage? Did you know that? This marriage is the safest relationship on earth when you do it God's way. Well, you know, people, I was on a plane one day and there was a, three gals across the aisle from me over here. And this one gal that was closest to me was terrified of flying. She was throwing up in the air sick bag while we were at the gate. She had her mouth on that air. I felt so sorry for her. Well, you know, air is a liquid. When you fan yourself, you know, a lot of people think you're up in the air in a 747 and that, that plane is up in the middle of nothing. Air is, air is a very heavy liquid. And that's why a 747 with hundreds of passengers and all their luggage on board, when you see a ship in the ocean, you don't worry about it because you can see the water. Well, uh, oxygen is just like water. It's just a very heavy liquid. So when you understand the laws of aerodynamics, you don't fear flying. You, you, only, you just make sure that you don't violate the laws. When you break a law of aerodynamics, you're going down. You're going to get hurt real bad or you're going down. God created four laws for marriage. These are laws. In Genesis chapter 2, when God created Adam and Eve in the institution of marriage, here's what God said. The first words ever spoken after marriage was created. For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother, shall cleave unto his wife, 
The man and his wife were both naked and unashamed. Those are the four foundational laws of marriage. Those are laws. Those are not principles. Now listen, God said, for this cause, a man will leave his father and mother. Well, how do we know that God wasn't just saying that to Adam and Eve? How do we know that God was also saying that to us? Because Adam and Eve didn't have a mother. God directly created Adam and Eve. They were the only people ever created that didn't have a belly button. So God says, for this cause, a man is going to leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. Well, here are the four laws of marriage. Number one, marriage has to be first. Now listen to me. When you break a law, you're going to get hurt. Marriage operates within God's laws. Karen and I violated every law of marriage when we first got married, and we were on the brink of divorce. And so when you understand the laws of marriage and you understand it doesn't matter how intelligent you are, how rich you are, how talented you are. No one is the exception. Gravity doesn't care who you are. It will drag you down and kill you. It doesn't care who you are. It's, it's an impersonal thing. The laws of marriage will help anyone succeed, or if you violate them, anyone will fail. Okay, number one law, marriage has to be first. For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother. The most important relationship that you had before you got married now has to be reprioritized it does, in real terms, okay? So here's what I'm saying. If your job comes before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. If your children come before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. If any friendship you have comes before your marriage, your marriage is at risk. Let me say, here's, here's the, so that's just true. But here's the special challenge that our generation has. It's called electronics. Now listen to what happened in this room. I don't know if it happened in other places, the, the rumble. So, People say all the time, my spouse is sitting across the room from me, but they're not with me. They're, they're on their phone. They're texting. I can't, we're not, we're not connecting. One, one statistic I read said that one third of all affairs begin on Facebook and one half of divorce petitions have the word Facebook on them. Okay. So I'm saying, if I, if I said to you here, I would like to hand you this and it's probably going to help you a whole lot have an affair or get divorced. Would you, would you accept that? And I'm not saying anything bad about Facebook. I'm saying you need a technology-free zone in your home where you are together and no one else is there with you. And if you can't shut your phone off or shut your computer down, it means it's in control of you. You're not in control of it. Technology is a wonderful servant. It's a terrible master. And technology is destroying marriages. It's keeping us from connected. If you're sitting in the same room, you're both on the computer talking to somebody else, you're not with each other. Karen and I used to come home. I would come home. We would eat together as a family. We would put our children to bed. We taught them to respect our marriage. They knew that they had a certain time, up to a certain time of night was their time. And then we put them to bed, and then it was our time. And we went into the bedroom, and we had a little area, a little sitting area. We went into the bedroom. We popped popcorn, and we, without television, without any anyone or anything uh, you know, distracting us, we would sit and talk face-to-face for an hour or two. And I look back on that as some of the most important time in marriage, connecting every single day. But I hear people right now telling me all the time, we just don't have any connection. You know, it's, it, but they're texting, they're, they're emailing, they're, they're on the telephone. They're, there's the constant intrusion there. The number one law of marriage is your marriage has to be first in real terms. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how busy you are. Doesn't matter how talented you are. Doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter. No one is the exception. Your marriage has to be number one. Number two law of marriage is the law of pursuit. 
For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And the word cleave there means like to run up a mountain. It is a very energetic word. Marriage is work. It only works when you work at it. And so marriage has to be first. But number two, you have to work at it. There has never been a marriage ever that you didn't have to work at. And the the soulmate myth is this. The soulmate myth says, if I marry the right person, I won't have to work at the relationship. We're just going to always be in love and always feel good. That is an absolute myth, and it's a lie. If you marry your perfect soulmate, if you marry the perfect person, you're going to have to work hard for the rest of your life at that relationship. Marriage is work, and it only works. Some people think there's something wrong if I have to work at my marriage. There's nothing wrong if you have to work at your marriage. That's just the way that God created it. But that's the second law of marriage. The third law of marriage is the law of possession. They, too, shall become one. No one can dominate the relationship. No one can control the money. And the other person doesn't have uh, input into the money. You can't control the children. You can't control the home without your spouse's input. Men and women are complete equals, and marriage is two people as a team running the home and everything in the home. They, too, shall become one. Everything I have belongs to you, even children from a previous marriage. I'm giving them to you. Everything you have, I take responsibility for the assets and the liabilities. And every single thing we do, we will do together as a team. We didn't get married to live two separate lives. We got married to share our lives together. And we're going to run this thing together as a team. That is a law of marriage. That's a law. The fourth law is the law of purity. It says that they were naked without any shame. Well, they were naked without shame until sin came into the garden. And then when sin came into the garden, they began to hide themselves behind fig leaves. Because when purity was in the garden, they could have intimacy without any fear or shame whatsoever. But when they sinned, remember, when God came to Adam and said, what is this that you've done? Adam said, you gave me a defective woman. You know, there's something wrong with that chick. And he wasn't just accusing Eve. He was accusing God. Okay. And then he went to Eve and Eve said, well, the devil made me do it. But the the point is this. They couldn't trust each other any longer. I wounded Karen with my words. I was a verbal bully. I never took responsibility for my behavior. never said I was wrong or sorry. And my wife, we had no intimacy whatsoever because she couldn't trust me. And I, I shouldn't have been trusted. But the night that I came into the bedroom, we were on the brink of divorce. I told Karen to get out of the house. I I walked in the room and I said, please forgive me. I'm wrong. I'm going to hang up my golf clubs because that was my priority. I worked at playing golf. I played golf all the time. Our marriage wasn't a priority. And for the first time in our married life, I apologized to my wife. And from that night forward, I began to take responsibility for my behavior and to say I was sorry. And the fig leaves began to drop off. We began to share things again, trust each other again. And we regained the intimacy in our marriage. Listen to me. Listen to me. I have absolutely no fear of flying whatsoever. If I'm on a commercial flight, that's where I sleep. My best sleeping is on an airplane. I never think about crashing because I know how safe it is because I understand the laws of aerodynamics. I don't fear divorcing. I know I could if I don't pay attention. Marriage is the safest relationship on earth because it is suspended upon the laws of God, which are 100% dependable. You are not the exception, and I am not the exception. We could fail, but we don't have to fail because marriage is a very stable relationship that is suspended upon the absolute laws of God. It has to be first. 
I have to work at it. We have to share everything together and we have to take responsibility for our behavior. All of us can do that. All of us can do that. It may be making some changes, but all of us can do that. Okay. Number one, believe you could crash. Number two, learn the laws of aerodynamics or marriage dynamics. Number three, refuel the, fl- the plane regularly and time your fuel. Now here's the tip for pilots. You never trust the fuel gauge on an airplane because it only has to be wrong one time. How much gas we got? Oh, well, we got a half tank. Well, what if it's wrong? So as a pilot, you look to see, you look down into the wing and you look to see how much fuel you have. On my plane, we have four hours, four hours of fuel. And if we have a headwind, we have less than that. So we have four hours of fuel. And here's, here's the thing. When you land, you want 30 minutes of fuel in the tanks, at least 30 minutes of fuel. You never land saying, how much fuel we got? We got two minutes. You don't, don't do that. Okay. So. We check it and we time it. Okay, what am I saying? So here's three types of fuel that you need to run your marriage. Number one is God fuel. You need to wake up every morning, get in the presence of God because the Holy Spirit gives you the power to love each other. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the personality of God, and he'll give it to you for free every time you ask for it. And the more dependent you are upon the Holy Spirit, the better spouse you're going to be. And when Karen and I wake up in the mornings, we get on each side. Both of us have our side of the house where we have our quiet time. We, we take our fears, our hurts, our temptations, our needs to God. We ask him to touch us and heal us. And we ask him to fill us with his Holy Spirit. Then we're ready to love each other. We need God fuel. It's the most important issue in marriage is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But see, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love. You understand when God tells us to love each other, we don't have that ability without the Holy Spirit. It's not innate within us, okay? Number one, God fuels, so we need that. So let me talk about timing it. I've been a Christian for 42 years. I got saved a week before Karen and I got married, so I know how long I've been a believer, okay? If I go two or three days without praying and being with the Lord, it changes my personality. Anybody agree with what I'm saying? So I'm going to time that thing. And what I'm saying is I I need to be with Jesus every day, and sometimes a couple of times a day. So I've got to time that. Number two is spouse fuel, the second time of type of fuel that we have. Meeting each other's needs and having fun. Very important to have fun together in marriage. Without sex and fun, marriage is a business relationship. And it's a rotten business relationship. You need to have sex and fun in marriage and meet each other's needs. And it's like fuel. Early in our marriage, Karen and I always had on our calendar a time. First of all, we had a weekly date night, a time to be together. We had time that we talked every single day. But always on our calendar, we four or five weeks at the max away. We would put our kids with my mom and dad. Uh, we were broke. We didn't have any money. So we literally would go 30 miles away and stay at the crummiest motel you've ever seen in your entire life. It's all we could afford. But we would literally go to the grocery store, walk into the motel room, lock the door and stay there for 24 to 48 hours. And when we walked out, we were full of fuel and we timed it. I I did. (laughs) So you have to meet each other's needs and you need to have fun in your marriage and you have to time it. You can't go three or four weeks without being together. Every, every day you need to have meaningful time together of connecting. But two or three times a week you need to have special times together in goodwill in the sense, and I, I ask Karen, I, I say to Karen, I say, are you okay? Well, she knows what that means. Is there anything I need to change? to make you happy or, or to, to do what I need to do as a husband. I want to know the answer to that question. Are you okay? You need to be able to ask your spouse that and not be defensive about it. 
You both need to answer that question, yes. Number three kind of fuel is friend fuel. We need good friends in our lives that, uh, you know, that give to us and that we enjoy and that we enjoy being with. Church is critical in the days that we live in. All of Karen and I's best friends we met in church. It's critical in the days we live in. Let me say this. Children burn fuel. I didn't mean that to be a joke, but it's a pretty good one, isn't it? Really? Work burns fuel, right? And some people burn fuel. Problems burn fuel. But some people, some people aren't givers. Some people burn fuel. Okay. So here's what happened in marriage. We love each other. We get married. Everything is great. We get up to altitude and we just think, isn't this fantastic? We met, we married, everything's going great, but we have some other things going on. So we had autopilot. We, st- we began to burn fuel. And then, and then when we're burning fuel and we're not taking on fuel, God fuel, spouse fuel, friend fuel, then we get together and we don't have the resources to meet each other's needs. And we're tired and we're distracted. And we're frustrated because we're, we're just not meeting each other's needs. And then you wake up one day and you hear these words. I don't think I love you anymore. I don't know that I ever loved you. Because you can't remember having fuel on board. And that's when the marriage goes nose down. And every bad thing begins to happen. Okay, You've got to fuel that plane. That's your responsibility as a pilot. You fuel that plane and you time that fuel. You have to be with God regularly. You have to be with each other regularly. You need to be in Christian fellowship regularly with people who are filling your tanks. And you need to keep enough fuel on board that you have more than enough fuel. And then you're not running on fumes. Well, this program today is talking about flying high in marriage, but we're talking about how, you know, how to have the marriage of your dreams and how to have a marriage that lasts and, and just stays great. So we're using the analogy, Karen, of, of flying high in marriage. But one of the points that I made in that teaching is one of the ways that you keep your marriage great is believing that you could crash. You know, mm-hmm. as a pilot, one of the things that they taught us in, in school, in, in flying school, was a lot of people have a feeling of invincibility. Mm-hmm. A lot of pilots have a feeling like, you know, Top Gun, that they're invincible. Mm-hmm. And they say that the guy that crashes is the guy that doesn't believe he can crash. Mm-hmm. And he becomes careless and crashes his plane. So they tell you, you, you can crash. And what we know in marriage is it doesn't matter how long you've been married. You can be married 20, 30, 40 years, end up divorcing. Mm-hmm. Is you have to, you have to understand if you don't, if you don't stay careful, you're going to crash. But the other thing is there are laws of aerodynamics that if you obey the laws of aerodynamics, you're not going to crash. Mm-hmm. It's a very stable thing to fly. Well, there's laws in marriage. And the one, the first law that we talked about was the law of priority. Now, we, I was breaking all four laws of marriage when we got married and didn't know it. But the law of priority, uh, golf mm-hmm. and work came before you and the kids. Well, and I think for me, when you were sitting there talking, I was thinking, you know, when you use the word fear of crashing, a lot of women do fear crashing. So yeah. that, that I was thinking it's to me, it's this, to say respect, you know, respect what the laws are. I mean, yeah. respect the fact that if you do it this way, it's going to work, it's gonna you work. know, because God planned it that way. I mean, he knew what he was doing when he went to the trouble to put it in his word that if you, you know, make marriage a part of you know, what, you, what you're saying, the laws of the priority of, uh, you're the most important thing. And I don't want anything to ever come between us. And I love the yeah. way you and I will go, um, you know, maybe a month or so. And then one of us will say, are you okay? Are you okay? You know, we ask each other because we don't take for granted that just because we've had a good marriage, 
that things can't happen, you know, and sometimes it just starts with our thoughts. Maybe we're thinking things and we're not yeah. revealing our thoughts with each other. And before you know it, we've built things up in our mind that there's something wrong in our marriage and really there's nothing or the other person doesn't even know. So, you know, I think it's so important to, like you're saying, do those checks and balances and then respect the things that you've learned and go back to them every now and then and reapply them. Yeah, and it just means you have every day you have to keep your marriage mm-hmm. first. It's a law. The very first thing that God ever said about marriage is, for this cause, a man will leave his father and mother, the most important relationship in your life, to be able to cleave to your wife. There has to be the leaving and the cleaving. Well, the law of priority simply means marriage only works in first place. Mm -hmm. And if it's not in first place, it won't work. In other words, if work comes before me, I resent it. Mm -hmm. If the kids come before me, I resent it. If your parents or your something else in your life is coming before me in real terms. It just means you're giving them more energy. Mm-hmm. You care more about them and you're not, you're sacrificing me for them. It begin, you begin to have resentment that builds up and, and ultimately you begin to have serious marriage problems. And the, the problem is you're violating a law. Yeah. It's like, it's like trying to fly an airplane violating the law mm-hmm. of gravity. You're going to crash. Mm-hmm. The, the law of priority is an absolute universal law for all people at all times. See, Adam and Eve didn't have a mother. Mm-hmm. God God created marriage, and he said, for this cause a man will leave his mother and father. The, the reason that we know God was talking to us is they didn't have a mother. Mm-hmm. He was saying for all generations, if this relationship's going to work, you have to keep it work at first. And so I'm saying there are laws of marriage, and if you obey the laws of marriage, your marriage is going to work. You're going to fly high in marriage, and you're going to fly high in marriage for a long time. And that's what we want for you. We want for your marriage to thrive. In a secure atmosphere, and it can, you don't have to fear marriage. Marriage works 100% of the time when you do it God's way. And we hope that this television program today has been a blessing to you. We want you to know that we're able to come to you because of our partners that stand with us financially. And so if, if you've been blessed by this ministry, if you've been blessed by this program today, would you stand with us financially? We want to be able to come back to you, but also to go across America and around the world helping people in their marriage and family relationships and help to keep little children together with their parents. There's a phone number on your screen. You can call and use your bank card to give. The, our web address is there on your screen. You can use our secure website to give. And also, our address is there on your screen, how you can mail in your gift. But thank you for watching today. Thank you for supporting us here at Marriage Today. We'll see you again next time. God bless you.